So today, week four, talking about strong people serve. Strong people serve. Last week, strong people honor. How many people were were blessed from from that? So that's, that's essentially what it is that, that they're saying. So other disciples hear about that, and they're upset with them. So, so all the disciples have this model and mode of, of what it is to be great. 
they have this sense of definition based off of their culture, based off of how they've been raised, on what it means to be great. Same within our context. We have a certain definition and have a certain posture of what greatness really looks like. But then Jesus challenges that starting right here in verse 42. So Jesus gathered them all together and said to them, those recognized as rulers of the people and those who are in top leadership positions rule oppressively over their subjects. But this is not the example that you are to follow. Next verse. You are to lead by a different model. If you want to be the greatest one, then live as one called to serve others. The path to promotion and prominence comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the Son of Man did not come expected to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many souls. Let's pray right quick. Lord, as we're about to embark on this journey in the bread of life, I thank you that you are about to feed us until we are so full. To we are so full to where we have been changed and shifted and become stronger in this time in your word, God. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 Tristan, go back to verse 42 for me, please. Mark 10 and 42. Because in verse 42, Jesus is given the prognosis of the current system that was in operation, which was a system that they were being called out of to become his disciples. You can't keep this same mode of thinking as far as how greatness is given if you're going to be my disciples. So it challenges them on that. In this system, you rule oppressively over others. You do all you can to remain on top. Exploit those who are under you. Do whatever you got to do to be about you and yours and build up selfish gain. That is how that system works. And within that system, if that's working like that, that cannot bring in the kingdom. So you, so they're going after their own selfish gains, but he reveals a new system to them of leading that they're able to come into it. Everybody's able to come into it because they come in through the same thing, serving. You come in through the, into this new way, into this new mode and method toward the path of greatness through the same way. We all come in through serving. So serving has this, this ability. Oh, I forgot to break this down for y'all in the four ways that we're going to talk about this. So what we're talking about right now is, is the purging effect of service. So we're going to talk about the purging of service, the positioning of service, the path of service, and the power of service. The purging of service, the position of service, the path of service, and the power of service. I did all those P's for my note takers. So, <laughs> I got some note takers in there that I never be able to keep up with. So, purging of service. How does serving purge? Serving has the ability to purge me because it forces me outside of my selfish self and into the divine nature that God has called me to be. If I'm going to be a partaker of divine nature, which the Bible calls me to be so, calls me out of darkness into marvelous light. When I'm into marvelous light, I am now a partaker of what the Bible calls divine nature. It's a shifting of, of the normal. Now I got a different normal that I operate by. I no longer operate by the, 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 the normal that was in me in my time of darkness. 
Because in being in that normal, that calls me to always be selfish and be about me. Be about my game, be about my family, be about everything that's just around me and mine. But now that God has brought me out of darkness into light, he's called me to be a partaker of that divine nature. And in being a partaker of that divine nature, I now take on to where I am selfless and not selfish. As I am more selfless and not selfish, then I am causing the, the, the ability of servant to purge me. What does purge me? It, it's, it's a cleansing type thing. There's a cleansing that's happening within my heart that is forcing me to move in a different direction that may not have been normal for me at one point in time. So I'm operating in my calling as a servant, and it forces me to ask myself in every situation that I find myself in, where is my heart in this? Where is my heart in this? Am I truly taking on the position that Christ has called me to as a servant? Or am I in this just for my own selfish gain? Am I, am I building a life? Am I building my life to where I engage and approach community to where I make myself available to serve? Or do I just keep myself backed away enough to where I don't get quite involved with people so that they don't expect anything of me, therefore they don't ask anything of me, so I can't serve. It's tight, but it's right. We're going to keep going with it. Because we have, we have to challenge ourselves to engage community and engage relationships enough to where I can be asked to do something. If I don't engage people enough and just give just enough, if I give just enough of myself, then I'm given to where I I I am not no I'm no longer being able being asked to to serve. And where when I serve, it purges me of the tendencies towards selfishness that no one taught me to have. No one knows this better than parents. Got two little ones. Never taught them to be selfish. Even the baby is starting to show signs of don't touch that. That belongs to me. Everybody, everybody say that. All of us have seen it within our children. All of us have seen it within people. No one has taught that. And that is that that natural tendency whenever in time, whenever from our time of being in darkness that has to be challenged by the divine nature. It challenges that place to where I'm no longer being that selfish person, but I'm building, I'm allowing God to open and build a space for me to where I'm selfless. I'm selfish from the purging of service. And we find that in verse 42, as Jesus is saying to them that those recognized as rulers of people and those in top leadership positions rule oppressively over their subjects. But this is not your example. That's not yours. That's where you have come from. But that's not the one that we follow by if we are going to build and establish this kingdom in the earth. We got a different example that we follow. And going into verse 43, we see where he said that you lead, you are to lead by a different model. And if you want to be the greatest one, then you live as one that's called to serve others. Why? Because serving is leading. The road, the road up starts with the road down. In the kingdom, if I want to be great, I have to start out being nothing. I have to start out being left over. I have to start out being not recognized. I have to start out being on the sideline. I have to start out being, who are you again? I have to start out being that right there. Absolute silence. Concerned. 
if, if we are going to move into that path of greatness and move into that place to where God is calling us, where I get a true sense of what greatness is. I'm living as one with this one call on my life, with this one call of the ministry, the call to serve. The call to ministry is a call to serve, which leads me to my, to my next thing. I got so many toys I want to show you. Elder Johnny, you come over here and help me lock this. Help me lock this in. I thought I could do it with one hand. I would have had two on the other microphone, but just push push that middle part down. So there we go. It'll lock something right there. Boom. Alright, so verse 40, verse 43. We got we've got the Greek word for, for serve here. Diakonos. Diakonos, which is up top right here. So diakonos. Is the Greek word for servant. It means minister or servant. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because when it comes to having the call to serve, or callings, period, most of the time when you have a calling that is being dealt with, most people only talk about it within the context of anything that is done in front of somebody. In other words, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it because I want your attention and I want your approval on it. But the word, the word for serve that Jesus used within this context, he uses minister and service. So it shows that the real definition of anybody who calls themselves a minister, calls themselves a minister of the gospel, calls themselves a minister in any type of context, is one that serves, not one who gets served. I'm not, I'm not one that does this just so that, that I can be recognized or that someone can applaud me or that someone can even see what it is that I'm doing. Because the true definition of what it is to be the servant is the one that is called or be the one that is a minister is the one that is called to serve others. Because it, it, most conversations surrounding callings is about the function and the thing that you do, the talent you have, the role you hold, and all that. And all of that is not primary because it only has its strength within the context that the thing, the thing that I do. So whatever my thing is, it is only has its, its strength so long as the context is that I serve. This thing that I do. I serve this. What I'm doing right now is a service. So whatever gift it is that I hold and wherever it is that I go and whatever it is that I do, I do it as a service unto everyone that is around me. And as I do it as a service, I am partaking of that divine nature. And therefore, God is able to step into whatever it is that I am doing. And he causes it to become greater than whatever it is. Because truth be told, this is just a guy talking in a microphone. But because it is being given as a service, it is releasing life right now because it is the word of God coming forth. Because it's coming forth as, as an act of service. Coming forth as an act of service. And in verse 44, we see the word bond slave. Now this, this one was real good. Really interesting. Because the word bond slave, which is the word doulos, means one without ownership rights. And, and he told us in verse 44, let's look at it, verse 44, the path to prominence and promotion comes by having, listen, the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. He didn't tell me become a bond slave. He didn't, he didn't say give up and be a bond slave. He says the path to prominence and promotion, which by the way, everybody's after. Yes. Amen. Everybody's after. 
Everybody wants some sense of prominence. Everybody wants some sense of promotion. So being the fact that, okay, everybody wants this. Here Jesus is building a path and saying, look, if you're going to do that, you have to be as one who holds a heart that understands I have no ownership rights. I have no ownership rights. Those who live under the rulership of their king and operate from the heart posture of a servant. I have no ownership rights. I have willfully given it away and I have willfully laid that down because I understand that in the kingdom, this is just, this is not no. In kingdoms, period, there is no private ownership. There is no such thing as private property in a kingdom. And that cannot be why, because the king owns everything and everybody personally. That's why they call subjects. It's not a bad word. It's just we hadn't seen the right thing within our history in the world. There is no such thing as private ownership because the king owns everything. And because the king owns everything and is responsible for everybody, he has the responsibility of making sure that everyone that is under his care is properly taken care of within his property. There is no private ownership. So when I, when I try and live a life where I privatize everything, Everything's about me. Everything is going on within my world. You mind your business, I mind mine. When, when I take on that kind of mentality, I am stepping out of being a servant. I cannot be a servant and have that mentality. They cannot coexist together. They can't coexist together. And if they can't coexist together, then I can't flow in being a kingdom servant like God is calling us to be. Strong people serve because strong people understand I could hold these rights. But I have no, I have no ownership of them. I have no ownership of them, and because I have no ownership of them, I'm now putting myself in the responsibility of the kingdom that I am a part of. So that that is the the, the positioning that servant calls us to be. In. It puts me in a position to where I understand that, that I no longer have those rights, have the right to hold those rights, have a right to hold on to those things. Now, talking about the path of service, and we can keep looking at verse 44 with this. By possessing the heart of the bond slave, we step onto the path of prominence and promotion. God desires to release prominence and promotion to us, but there is a set course that he's called us to walk on if we are to get there. There's nothing wrong with prominence and promotion. Nothing wrong with influence and increase. Nothing wrong with me wanting to have a sense of betterness about my life. That's not the issue. The issue is we can take the right path to get there. Will I take the right path to get toward what it is that God has put within me as a desire of mine anyway? God placed it there, but He has also given me that set course that I need to follow, which is that follow, which is that path of service. Because once again, the way up in the kingdom is the way down. The way to receive more is to give more. The way to importance and influence is lowliness and esteeming others is more than myself. Anything within the kingdom, most of the time, is going to have the opposite effect that the world would tell me to do it. And that's how we know that we are embracing and being within the kingdom. So if there's something that's happening within me internally, the, wor the world would say, just pull, pull yourself away from community. Hide. Pull back. Don't talk to anybody. But within the kingdom, every joint supplies. There's life released. Whenever I'm able to trust someone and say, hey, I'm going through something. Hey, I got a problem. Can I talk with you about this life? Is able to be released like that. And that's how the kingdom flows. Uh, Tristan, give me John chapter 13. Right quick. Talk a little bit more on this path of service. John chapter 13. Yes, verse 1. Thank you. Jesus knew that the night before Passover, 
will be his last night on earth before leaving this world to return to the Father's side. All throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them, and now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. Next verse. Before the evening meal had begun, the accuser had already planted betrayal into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. This is where I want us to camp out right here. Because John 13 is, is the chapter where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He's washing the disciples' feet before he's headed to, to the cross to do what it is that he had to do. Now, Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control. For he had come from God and was about to go back to him. Next verse. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. And then the rest of it goes into talking about how he washed the disciples' feet. Now, go back to um, verse 3 with that. Now, Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control. He had come from God. He was about to go back to him. Verse 4, he, he does what he does, gets up, wraps a towel around his waist. How could he do that? Because he recognized that being on that path of service, I have nothing to lose by lowering myself. Like Amen. Amen. And most of the time, most people will stay away from serving because we have an inaccurate perception of it, which says that if I give, I lose something. I, me serving you is at my expense. Which means I get put in a position that is less than, put in a position that is less advantages than if I were not to serve you. That's what keeps most people away from it. We would never say that. But if we really just dug it down, that's exactly what's happening. But Jesus, knowing that all things have been given to me. I came from God, I'm going back to God. I'm solid in who God has called me to be. So because I'm so solid in that, there's nothing I won't do. There's nothing I won't do because I'm solid in that place. A foot washer in biblical times was the lowest of the law. Because most of the time they wore sandal-like shoes and they walked on dusty roads all the time. They were not paved streets like what we had. It was dirt and dust. So people's feet were filthy all the time. And here, here the Savior is the one who holds the cosmos in his hands, who stood out on nothing, said, let there be, and today it still continues to be, said, I know that who I am, I know what's been given to me, so as a result of being solid in that, I will serve you in this capacity. I will serve you in this way. I will serve you in doing this. I will set such an example. He had full confidence in the reality that there was no deficit and there was nothing to lose because in the kingdom, greatness is seen through our service. He could place himself in that place of obscurity, knowing that in the eyes of the one who would really matter, he was exactly where he needed to be. Because in, in the eyes of God, true greatness is seen. When I can lower myself and not feel any way about it, I can lower myself so that someone else can be put in a place of advantage and not worry about how it's affected my status, affected my popularity. See, see, the thought of loss at the expense of giving something is something to someone else is one of the main reasons that people don't serve. We we talked about that, and, but an unwillingness to be inconvenienced 
will keep me away from the prominence and promotion that we just talked about in verse 44. The path of prominence and promotion is being willing to serve others. We just saw that in verse 44. But see, the unwillingness to be inconvenienced because serving is not convenient. It's quiet. I'm going to say that again. Serving is not convenient. It's not built to be. It's not supposed to be. It's not always supposed to fit in your schedule. Amen. Now, it's just how it rolls. Why? Because God is putting me in a place to where if I can allow the inconvenience to mold something, it's molding greatness. It's molding greatness. When I, when, when I am put in a place or put in a time to where I have an option to choose the convenience, choose, choose the easier route, choose the easier path, and not, and not serve. Or be inconvenienced because I know God is calling me to do this. When I take that seat and take that path, I am on my way to being escalated into a place of greatness as far as God has defined it. Because God calls greatness when I can see someone being in a place of inconvenience, being in a place that's not uh, the most well prepared for them, that's not the that's not the prettiest of situations, but I have called them to be there, and they take my calling serious enough to be inconvenienced in their life. God honors that. There's no way that God will allow you to be put in a place of inconvenience just for the sake of inconvenience. Just for the sake of you, just because he's bored and needs something to watch, needs something entertaining to watch, so I'm going to watch them even be this in their life. No, if God is putting you in that place, in that vice of inconvenience, he's putting me there because there's something that he is trying to produce within me. Everything that God does, he does with a purpose and an intention in mind. So if I feel it and it's burning me, I can trust in the fact that it is also building something in me so that whenever I arise, I arise in the place of service and I'm arising to a greater place of prominence and prayer. Emotion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I embrace the heart of a true servant, it places me on the path where I have nothing to lose but everything to gain. Yet I'm not motivated by the everything to gain because I have then forfeited the heart of the true servant. Why? Because the true servant is not interested in what he's gaining. <laughs> I'm not interested in what I'm gaining. That's it right there. So, come on now. Now, me not being interested in what I'm gaining doesn't mean there's no gain. Amen. Amen. I'm not forfeiting gain. I'm not saying there's no gain there. It doesn't take the seat of my heart off. To where I'm only interested in what I get out of the equation. I'm not interested in what I get because I came as a giver. God called me here as a giver. God called me in this space to give. He told me he would take care of giving to me. If I take care of giving to what it is that I need to take care of giving to. And that is the seat of strong people who serve. Because when we serve, we serve from the understanding that as I give, God will take care of making sure that I get what it is that I need to get. There's never a time where I'll be in a deficit so long as I'm sitting in the seat of service that he told me to sit in. 
As long as I'm sitting right there, I'm in the greatest place and making sure that whatever thing he's called me to do, I am basing it and making sure that I am serving this out. And as I serve this out, he will take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. That's how a lot of this even came to me. In the, in the yes, not only from us, but from you too. In the yes, I know we can all start to attest of things that started lining themselves together. It started coming through because of the yes of, of where it is that, that we have to serve. So I'm not motivated by everything to gain because I forfeited that heart of the true servant because I'm looking for something in return. But that's not the place in, in, which, in which we've been called to. And you know, a lot of people who hold who hold a heart like this, and me, me, me and Pastor Ashley talk about this a lot because she is someone who has a genuine heart like this. When you have a heart to serve and to help and to be an aid, a lot of times it can put you in a place to where you hate the heart you have. You wish you were tired. You wish you weren't such a quote-unquote pushover. You wish you weren't such a yes person. But could it be that what you are calling a weakness is actually your greatest strength? Could, could it be that God has put such a heart of love in you that he wants to use to show and display his goodness in the earth so that those who don't deserve it, who really shouldn't get it, who really shouldn't be getting any sense of aid, can, can see what a picture of grace looks like. Because if I go back, I don't have to go back too far, but if I go back within my own journey and go back within myself, there was a place where I ain't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. There was nothing that I did to get it. There was nothing that I did to where I could raise it up to God and say, I've done enough to get you to bless me. I've done enough to get you to take care of what I need you to take care of. I've done enough to take care of that penalty. There's no way that I could say that. So because I know that I sit in that same kind of seat when God calls me to serve someone, I serve with that in mind, understanding that had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, there was no way that I would even get to where it is that I am right now. So from that position, I serve knowing that I'm going to serve you with this heart even if you take advantage of me even if you do me wrong even if you do something that I'm going to sit back and say why would you do something like that to someone who's serving because truth be told the Lord is set up in glory and has said the same thing said the same thing concerning me yeah yeah son I know I actually have water I just need to drink it just have a happy moment there. <laughs> but the Lord said the same thing. Said the same thing concerning me. Yeah. Huh. My God. Well, he, he, he swooned with it. At least I ain't talking to me. He swooned behind his head. I was like, yeah, man. I, you know, I really know what it's like to tell somebody over and over again not to do something. Yes. Yeah. They just. I, just, I, I, really I mean, he's smooth with it. I ain't talking. And I'm sitting there just. <laughs> Lord, you have to say it like that. I'd much rather you just yell at me rather than just smooth it over like that. 
But my, but my point is, I serve when I serve. I serve with that in mind. Because that keeps me from getting so offended at what happened. Amen. Because remember, offense is a tactic and wile of the enemy. And when it gets in you, it has nothing to do with the other person. Now it's on you. Because it's in your heart, not theirs. It's in your heart. You're the one that's dealing with that on your bedside, not them. So now here we are with an issue in you that we got to deal with because we're offended. But if I sit in the seat of understanding that I needed grace too. I needed that same grace. I need, I needed undeserving mercy time after time again. So when someone comes up to me needing it time after time again, I just go back in memory of what he did for me. Amen. Amen. Because it keeps me in that seat of, oh man. And it shows, it shows, it shows how much we're really alike. Yeah. And how there's really not much of that difference between, between us as humanity. Because we all have that, that, same, that same posture that we are, are sitting before the Lord and meeting His. And so as we need His to the degree we need His, He calls us and expects us to give out. Amen. The same. Amen. And this is how the faith is expanded. This is how the kingdom is expanded. Yes, we yes we want you to, to pray and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Absolutely. But as I display the character of Christ through serving, through worship, through my belief, through honor, and all the other things that we're going to talk about. These are the characteristics of the Christ that he's called us to follow. So we, we try to alone. Dragging along. Good, good, good. All right, I'm coming come to a close here. Uh, Tristan, let me get Mark 10, verse 45. Let's talk on this power of service right quick. So Jesus, Jesus comes into the earth with the primary motivation of his heart being to serve, which empowered him to serve the world with the ultimate sacrifice of his life. Let's look at it right quick. But even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. Catch this now. Through serving, through positioning and posturing himself as a servant, there was such power in that act that he had the ability to lay his life down or serve his life, if you will, as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many souls. Paying the price that he did that we could not pay opened up eternal life for all who would believe. And there is no way that a selfish man could accomplish something like that. Amen. Not a chance. Because the, 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 the very nature of selfishness with that kind of assignment on your life would kill you. That's too much going on internally. So Jesus had to go ahead already and, and, and solidify within himself. I did not come to be served. The calling and the grace of God that is on my life is not supposed to get more people to serve me. 
That's not why it's there. When God releases a grace and he releases a gift on a life, he releases it for it to be served, as we talked about earlier. When I am graced and I am called, I am graced and called to fit into a context of serving. So anyone who is within the faith and within the kingdom, there is no way that you can call yourself a kingdom constituent and a kingdom citizen and you will not serve. I cannot be in the kingdom if something's too below me. Now, I don't do that. I graduated from that foolishness. Absolute foolishness and it is unbiblical. There is nothing that, yes sir, I like that right there. You do not graduate from serving. I don't graduate from it. I don't move from it. I don't have some test to where once I pass the test, I no longer have to do it. Because that is the test that will always be within my life. It's a test of serving. Will you be able to serve someone that you might look at and say doesn't deserve it? Or is there someone that you would see and say that they don't deserve it? Who am I to deem who deserves and who doesn't deserve to be served? Amen. Amen. I don't get to make that decision. Because as we talked last week, value is given to all humanity, not just to believers. And God feels that way. Some would say that God would say that he, he has more of a special heart to Christians than he does to humanity. That is not biblical. For God so loved the world, Amen. not Christians. Amen. He so Amen. loved the world that he gave his only begotten My son God. that whoever would believe in him shall not perish Amen. but have eternal life. He had a love and has a love for the world. He serves the world. And if he does that, who am I not to do the same? Amen. Amen. Who am I not to do the same? So the power of service. Let's jump back on this right quick. Yeah, go, go to Hebrews 9 right quick, uh, Tristan, please. Let's look, look at this in a little more, little more context of how this, this power shifted everything for us. Oh, sorry, verse 8, I'm sorry. Hebrews 9, verse 8. Now, the Holy Spirit uses the symbols of this pattern of worship to reveal that the perfect way of holiness had not yet been unveiled. For as long as the tabernacle stood... It was an illustration that pointed to our present time of fulfillment, demonstrating that offerings and animal sacrifices had failed to perfectly cleanse the conscience of the worshiper. Go to verse 10 and just hold it right there. Context right quick. This is talking about the old pattern of worship, how worship used to be done in biblical times. In Bible times, you had to bring a lamb, bring a goat, bring some kind of animal to the temple for it to be sacrificed so that your sins will be postponed. Not forgiven. Postponed for a year. And then you have to come back and do it again. So that, that was the old model of worship that kept the justice of God from just destroying humanity. This was the pattern of worship that they had. So this is the context that, that we're reading right now. Verse 10, for this old pattern of worship was a matter of external rules and rituals. All it did was just take care of the outside. It never pierced the heart of anyone who was worshiping. It just took care of the outside and made me look good enough for another year so that God would just hold it off and let me live another year. So external rules and rituals concerning food and drink and ceremonial washings, which was imposed upon us until the appointed time of heart restoration. Had arrived. Next verse. 
But now, the anointed one has become the king priest of every wonderful thing that has come. For he serves. For he serves in a greater, more perfect heavenly tabernacle not made by men. Next verse. And he has entered once and forever into the holiest sanctuary of all, not with the blood of animal sacrifices, but with the sacred blood of his own sacrifice. For he alone has made our salvation secure forever. Under the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of the heifer and whatever other animal they brought was sprinkled on those who were defiled and effectively cleansed them outwardly from their ceremonial impurities. Yet how much more will the sacred blood of the Messiah thoroughly cleanse our conscience? For by the power of the eternal spirit, he has offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice that now frees us from our dead works to worship and serve the living God. When Jesus took care of the penalty one time with his blood, it cleansed my conscience and opened up an entire different dynamic of how God viewed worship. He views worship completely different now to where I take the service of Jesus as my service unto God. And now I am free from my dead works now and forever to worship him and to serve God. All from someone who was willing to serve. All from someone who was willing to serve. Willing. To put their life in a place of obscurity, in a place of unthankfulness, in a place of ungratitude, in a place of not being noticed and recognized. Because truth be told, there were more people in Jesus' day while he was walking the earth that did not believe him than did. Amen. That called him an absolute nutcase to say the things that he was saying, doing the things that he was doing. He riled up more enemies than he did friends. Yet still in a world like that, he postured himself in a place of service by saying that I have not come to be served, but I have come that I might serve. And in exchange of my service that I'm going to give to humanity, I am going to be paying a ransom price. That salvation for all souls and all who will believe can be given and can be experienced. He, he calls the complete cosmic rewrite of worship. God forever redefined worship and how it looks. That's how now we can do it in spirit and truth. We don't bring animals in here. We don't have to do that anymore because of the service of our Lord and our King, the servant of his blood, as that once and for all atonement changed the game on how God could be approached to where I receive Jesus' service as my service and my slate is forever white clean. This is the power of serving. Now, let me pray for a minute here. I'm, I'm closing. This is the power of service. Look at how strong someone's servant can be, how far it can reach, what it can do. When I when I when I hold the the, the offering envelope, when I hold the basket, when I hold the door, 
when I say good morning, when I sing, when I serve the children, when I serve my family. This ain't just a church thing. I'm not just talking church. Amen. This ain't just get you to join a serve team here at the church. Yes, we want you to do that. But this goes so far beyond that. It's a lifestyle. Amen. Amen. It's a lifestyle to where I position and I posture myself to where I, I don't I don't need to come to my defense. I don't need to come to my defense. I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to put myself in such a worry of being taken advantage of. Amen. Because truth be told, in those moments where someone, where something is genuinely trying to hurt, take advantage, or exploit you, the Holy Spirit in you will rise up. Amen. To say something doesn't feel right about this. Yep. And therefore I keep myself away from the situation. But when my flesh is being challenged, that may very well be a different situation when God is calling me to serve because my flesh needs to be put in check. Because it's not designed to be convenient for me. I don't grow in convenience. Those of us that work out in here, gym ain't never been convenient for me. It ain't never been nice to me. Every time I pick up a weight, they are not nice to me. Not supposed to be. Because it's in the struggle. And in the inconvenience. And something grows. And as it is with us naturally, so it is that God is called and is using the weight of service to build us. It's how strong people serve. And if someone who's not strong begins serving, what happens? They get strong. Get strong. Amen. You have to get strong. Serving forces you outside of yourself. Amen. And it forces me to focus in on who and what I've been called to serve. And that is the calling of every believer. No matter what your thing is, what your gift is, it only fits and works well in the context of serving. Faithful to your husband or not? Faithful to your wife or not? 
these do not shift the core values of who Strong City Church is called to be. Because as we stand on our culture, ours will change theirs. We don't bow our culture to whatever walks in the door. What walks in the door must acquiesce itself or build itself around what it is that God is doing yeah. in Until it shifts a heart. And then they join right in. And then that becomes a testimony. I used to be. But then God brought me. If God called me to meet somebody from Strong City Church, I called me to meet somebody from where and other situations. That's the power that's in you when you serve. It's when you serve. I know I'm going on. Just, just a little bit more. And now I'm going to quit. Good. That's good. Serving. I, I, I know this because I've lived it. I am where I am right now. Holding my phone, serving as a lead pastor, all that. Who served? Who served? For those of y'all, you know that that knew us, you know, in our in our home assignment here, being with Redemption. There was a time, you know, living in Greenville, serving serving there, Pastor Run, Pastor Hope. They didn't know me. Nobody knew me. You know what they knew me as? That kid who jumps up and down a lot and brings worship. <laughs> that was literally the description that they used to describe. I found out later on. That's how they described. But I served. Amen. I gave everything I had. Amen. I got saved February 12, 2006. February 13, I made phone calls. How can I get involved to serve our cleanatorium? I, I clean the floors. I vacuum. I take the trash out. I stand here and hold this door. It's just, I have got to get around this anointing that has just ruined my life. Amen. I got to figure something out about this God. So I, I was told, serve does it. So, so let me in. What, what can I do? And through getting different odd jobs and whatnot, just beginning to work work my way through, I found out that my, my gift set was more so set on the spiritual side and praying for people, preaching and everything like that. That's my gift set, but I didn't lose serving. Amen. Amen. And I still have lost. Amen. We don't hire somebody to do this in here. Your boy will be in here painting. I'll be in here rewiring stuff and getting things together and whatnot and doing as much as I can. And then I'm going to call Elder Johnny to come and do what I messed up. <laughs> but the point is, I have a heart to serve. Amen. I got a heart to serve. I got here from serving. I met my beautiful wife serving. Serving. Everything that has happened within my life that is a blessing of any kind, I can trace back to serving. Serving at times with nobody know me. Didn't want to know me. Or so I thought. So I thought. Because us even getting to Florence came because of a service that I gave to one of the executive staff of Redemption. I paid for his lunch back when I worked at Chick-fil-A. He came in the drive-thru, and I happened to be taking the trash out as he was coming in the drive-thru. We talked and conversed, and I took the trash, and as he was working his way in the line, I jetted my way up 
to that drive drive through door, our window. I told the girl who was working there, use this car when this car shows up. Don't, don't take his money. Use this. And from that day, the nigga shifted. Because he went back to the offices to talk about me. And said, who knows this guy? Because I think we got something for him. <laughs> and over the and through the rules that night, about a year or two later, a year, back, a year later, I was called into the office to talk with Pastor Ronnie about coming to From that end, that was like six months later. Six months From that end, service. Never underestimate the power of a serving person. Amen. Just having the heart posture, and I just want to serve. Wasn't looking for nothing in return. I was just glad that I saw him in the drafter. Just elated that he came to my Chick fil A to eat. So glad. Let me have a that for you. Serving. Dr. King said it best everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Greatness is not for the elite. It's for everybody. So far as God calls, I'm not worried about how society deals greatness. I'm not worried about how TV would try and tell me what you don't tell me what greatness is. Because you didn't make it. You're not gonna tell me what greatness looks like. I'm gonna tell you because I got it from the source. And the source told me that if I serve, that's greatness. God is raising up great people because we are a serving people. We are a serving people. Our babies serve. We got Isabel right now. She knows what serving is. She knows what helping is. And I know we're all raising our families the same way to establish and build a solid culture of serving. I feel like I've been ranting, but it feels good. I need us to get and I, I, it's not it's not that we don't have it. It's not that we don't have a servant people or servant attitude. Yeah. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm doing is collectively calling us higher. Amen. Because there's another there is a next step. There is a next level that God is calling us to. And it's going to require more of us. Amen. Us. And so when we hit when we're hitting those moments to where it's getting tough. To where it is getting a bit inconvenient, to where it's getting to where I'm having to adjust a lot more than what I used to have to adjust. I need us to bring ourselves back to this nucleus of why we're doing it in the first place. It's because strong people serve. And in a place of service, God can trust those people. He can trust that group to be given what it is that needs to be given to them. There's a lot of hurting people, but they need an area of service and safety to come to, to deal with whatever it is that's going on with them. Because in the place of service, we're not going to lose honor. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to view you any different because you've got a problem. We're going to serve you. And as we serve you and build that culture of honor, we're going to watch God do something amazing in your life and in your heart. Because you found a home in you. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you called us to be such a people. We are excited that we have a people. 
oblige and say, here we are, Lord. Use us. Here we are, Lord. Do what it is that you see fit. Here we are, Lord. Your mind be an inconvenience. And help us to view the heart that we have, the heart of service, not as a weakness, not as being a pushover, not as being weak, but being who you call me to be and being in the greatest place of strength and greatness. I thank you that I'm around such a great people because I'm around such a servant people. And so God, I bless them in their life. I bless them in opportunities that they get this week to be a service. I pray, God, that the light of their good works will shine before those that they serve and cause them to glorify you. Cause lives to be shifted this week, God, through the service that is given through us. May the message ring to where someone served us and reminds us of what it is that we've heard. And we thank you for the ultimate service that you gave, which has made all of this even possible. And we thank you. Your blood being served as that ransom price for the salvation of my soul. And I say thank you. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, that's our service, family. Thank you guys so much for, for being here.